but somebody driving through the drive-thru came up to pick up their medication and the pharmacist said, do you know how much this is going to cost? And, and they go, I don't know, I don't know. And the number that they gave out, I think it was like $800 or something. And she goes, well, I can't do that. And so the pharmacist, being as great as they were, said, well, let me check. Just just like you were saying, Carol. So I was I was going to bring up that point too, where talk to your pharmacist. Because right. they are real they know. people. They, they know. And they're used to, believe it or not, be this rule over pharmacists that they weren't allowed to tell you if they right. knew about those. Right. And now they are. Get yes. out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of pharmacist yeah. clients that said it was it was very hard for me to still perform my job knowing I'm staring at the screen. If I hit this one button, you're going to pay $5. If I run it through insurance, you're going to pay 500 But I'm not allowed to tell you about that button. But now they are. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios. That's in the Brewery District of south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. Hi, this is Brett. One topic Carol and I always include in our podcast lineup is our annual overview of Medicare changes. Our expert guest, Josh Kinzel from Seniority Benefit Group, is here to guide us through the 2024 Medicare enrollment process. Josh, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This uh, Carol was just mentioning. This is my third time in. It's it's great. I feel like I'm a veteran. I now. think we got the gold jacket at five. Okay. Oh, there you right. go. <laughs> well, the way time is going, I'll have it before we know it. So you great. never know. You know. Exactly. Well, you know when 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 Brett just said 2024, I had to rethink when I'm typing these questions, like to make sure you get the right the right year. But 2024, um, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Josh. You know, our listeners are going to hear critical information from you, and we really appreciate you sharing your time and your expertise. And listeners, there is nothing easy about dealing with Medicare and the open enrollment process. It can be daunting. Um, So our goal today is to help take the mystery out of Medicare, review the changes that are coming in 2024, and let you know that there are organizations and people to help you. Right. And I, when you came in, we started talking about, you know, things that we are all in common with, you know, because we all kind of grew up together over the last decade and a half when it comes down to it. But I didn't realize you've been there for 16 years. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh. So mm-hmm. talk about your journey through that, you know, and, and, and establish a little bit what you're doing there and, and, and really what Seniority Benefits Group is doing mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and Why you know, that, which will all explain why you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's one of those things where looking back at it, I did not think my career would be involved in the Medicare system. And I know it's not a, a sexy business, if you will, but you know what? It's very, very rewarding. And going into college, I my major is in human resources, so I knew I wanted to be around people and, and help where I could. And I also knew that in HR, it would be really hard to ever tell somebody they lost their job or something. I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through that, though, and taking an internship, we started working with my company through that in, through that internship. And then so my boss at the time said, hey, I know you're going to OSU. I know you have another year. You want to answer the phones for us? And this was in 2006. And I said, sure, you know, make a little bit of extra money and, and go through my senior year of college, finish out my degree. So we were always in the insurance business. We started with the group insurance, then where we'd go to employers and and try to do it that way. We're individual. And at that time, I was still telling people, hey, I know you want this insurance, but you can't have it because the the ratios aren't right or your your fingernails weren't cut properly the other day. I mean, it was, was, again, a very hard 
situation for me to be in delivering this bad news to people that that I didn't think deserved it. And when we started shifting our focus in 2008 toward the Medicare side of it and the senior population and, and how we can help there, it, that's where it really clicked for me, where I didn't know at that moment in time if I was going to continue to be in insurance. But once we started doing that and helping folks take the mystery, like Carol said, out of the Medicare world, it, it, it became a very rewarding situation to be in where I, I felt like I was helping people. We're in a situation we don't have to charge for our services. So again, it wasn't, I didn't have to validate my time with you by sending you a bill. It was when we help you, the insurance companies pay us. And that started really in earnest in 2008. And here we are and going into 2024, I'm still doing that and still really, really enjoying it. So it was a, a path I didn't think I'd take, but I'm glad I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And, and and as a former career counselor at at uh, for two different schools, um, it does my heart well to hear an intern is successful in a career that yeah. started in an internship. Yeah, it did, and it wasn't what I was was doing necessarily, but it was because of the internship. Yeah, Carol, I, I ended up where I am now, mm-hmm. so they are something that you really want to pursue if you can and, right. and take those opportunities, right. but. And, and more on just our company, Seniority Benefit Group, is we're solely focused on Medicare and, and really trying to alleviate some fears around that topic, which has just been exacerbated with the commercials. And I think we're going to talk about that where it, it just they froth everybody up into this fever pitch of you, you have to do something. And we're, we're trying to scream from the rooftops at Seniority Benefit Group that just talk to us or someone like us, more likely you don't have to do anything. Don't be scared of these national ads um, because what you have probably is okay for you. But it, 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 again, 17 years into this, I still enjoy what I do. Us as a company, we still enjoy providing that service. So hopefully we'll continue to do that for many, many more years. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the healthcare costs are skyrocketing. We see that in the newspaper every day. Um, healthcare and pharmacy, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to go down, needless to say. Mm-hmm. But I think that what is so daunting is that those of us who don't really have that knowledge of medical insurance coverage, it can be devastating financially for an individual if they are not on top of really making sure they have what they need mm-hmm. in terms of coverage. Many of our listeners do know, they understand, they've been on Medicare for a while, I'm into it for a few years, so I kind of get it. Um, But I also have, uh, because of my retirement, somebody Mm -hmm. who helps me, Mm -hmm. so thank Mm -hmm. goodness that you all are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's make an assumption that some people who are listening are new to Medicare, uh, this this horrible maze of, of information to get through, and they don't realize the complexity. So... There's lots of bits and pieces, Medicare A and B, mm-hmm. the Farm D programs, supplemental plans, and the Advantage plans, mm-hmm. which your group works with. Um, it's important that participants know and understand those um, those changes that are happening in the Medicare costs with, mm-hmm. within each of those groups. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about those groups. Okay. So just the the elevator pitch, if you will, of, of Medicare here is that, like Carol mentioned, there's a couple standard parts, Medicare A and Medicare B. That's through the government. So that's just a insurance program offered by the government. It's not an insurance company at that point. A is your hospitalization. B is anything outside the hospital. But both of those combined are going to cover about, about give or take, about 80% of a medical bill. 
but it won't do anything when you go into Kroger to fill a prescription or CVS to fill a prescription. So you have this original Medicare benefit. It's called original Medicare A and B through the government. The standard monthly cost, so that's about $165 for an individual. But then you look at that and you say, okay, that's great. I have this coverage that I can take anywhere that, that Medicare accepts across the U.S., great. But then I also have this 20% that it leaves on the table for me mm. that has no limit. So people listening who have health insurance, at least they know, okay, maybe my deductible has gone up. Maybe my out-of-pocket has gone up. But there is a threshold where you stop paying. If you had just original Medicare A and B, there's no threshold on that 20%. So what folks will have to decide is how do we want to address that? That's where the insurance companies come in. And just like the path that Carol mentioned, there's two basic ways to go beyond that 80% coverage with original Medicare. You either do a Medicare supplement, also known as Medigap. If you're talking to friends, they might refer to it as, as Plan G or Plan F or Plan C. So there's some complexity there, but the bottom line is it's a Medicare supplement. It's through private insurance companies that deal with that 20%. So you have Medicare A and B covering 80%. You could have the supplement basically covering the other 20%. You'll pay a premium for that. But then that still doesn't address prescriptions. So you had a Part D pharmacy plan. That's another cost. And that's there's complexity there. Again, we walk people through those choices. But the first option would be Medicare A and B, supplement, and a drug plan. Then, not that long ago, a couple decades now, but Medicare Advantage or Part C came along. So another, another letter that's thrown into that alphabet soup there. But that's, those are the ones that you see on TV more often than not are the ones describing very loosely and maybe misleading, um, but they're describing these Medicare Advantage plans that are Part C, that are managed care plans. You still have original Medicare A and B. It's assigned to a private insurance company. Medicare, the government, pays that private insurance company for them to administer this health benefit for you. So you have a plan that feels much like what you have through an employer. You have one card that you show the doctor, the hospital, the pharmacy, and you have a corresponding copay. So when you go into a doctor, you have, might have to pay a $10 copay. When you go to the pharmacy, you might have to pay a $20 copay, depending on what medication you're taking. But those types of plans, I really do like, but really recently with all the national ads, it almost makes it seem like, well, I don't even want to talk about those because if, if Joe Namath mm -hmm. is touting them as much as he is, there must be something hidden underneath that I just don't want to be involved in. And as long as you know what you're getting into, they can work very well. My mom is on a Medicare Advantage plan. She loves it. My dad is on the first path, Medicare supplement and drug plan. They've been married for over 40 years and they just don't talk about the health insurance piece of it because they're both happy with each of their choices. So I'm glad that there's two basic ways to go like that, but it's Medicare A and B, which is original Medicare through the government. You either do a supplement and a drug plan through private insurance companies which we help you navigate that, or Medicare Advantage Part C, which again is through a private insurance company. I think that this all really brings to light what I mentioned before. If you don't have the information, it could be financially devastating, but the information is there and people to help mm -hmm. you with figuring this out exist. So mm -hmm. that's over and above and beyond everything we talk about today. My goal is that people, that our listeners know there's help. Yeah. You can get help. Well, and it's funny. We have a relationship with one of the largest employers here in central Ohio, just helping folks when they call their HR department and they say, hey, I'm turning 65. What do I do? And they say, oh, call seniority benefit group, call Josh. 
And I'll get the comment a lot from those folks. They go, this is the best benefit that they offer here. And the reality is that employer isn't paying us. We're not getting paid, but they just, there's such value in the knowledge component of it right. and being, and, and going to somebody that you can trust to tell you the at least what's out there. I'm not going to tell you what to do because everybody has their own choice in the matter, but I, my job is just to clarify what those choices are. Right. Yeah. So this year is bringing change to Medicare, including changes to monthly premiums, deductibles, and program limits. Um, can you talk about some of those updates on the changes and, and well, obviously additional costs that recipients are going to be fined in this new year? Well, and we don't know exactly when we're taping this. It's it's before they released any of the new premiums for Medicare. But one of the things that we do know that's going into effect next year is with the Inflation Reduction Act, specifically on the prescription piece of it, that's starting to roll out and help seniors with the prescription costs where um, – not to get too much into the weeds, but for on the prescription drug plan, there's there's four parts. You have your deductible that you have to pay, then you pay a copay, then you might get into what's called the coverage gap or the donut hole, mm-hmm. and then there were folks with very high cost medications getting even beyond that, that and going cat- in, the catastrophic, the catastrophic, mm-hmm. right, Carol? Yeah, and now with the Inflation Reduction Act, where normally up until this point you pay five percent of that med still, so if you have a thousand dollar med, you're still paying five percent of that and that that portion of your coverage. Now they're wiping that out where you don't have to pay any more there. So that's that's a positive change. And then next year, they're even going to make it where there's just a limit, a maximum out of pocket on your prescription costs. Right now it's set at $2,000, but that won't roll out until 2025. So we'll talk about that next year. Uh, yeah, okay. But, but the actual, we're not, you hear rumblings all the time. There doesn't appear to be a, a big change in the premium to Medicare that people are talking about. The deductibles have stayed pretty steady. Um, it, when I started this in, in 2008, the conversation hasn't changed all that much, which is in a good way. It, it is pretty consistent. Which means it, it wasn't broke then either. It, exactly. Yeah. It, it was in pretty good shape. Yep. So yeah, yep. no, that's so, a good sign. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not expecting a lot of negative changes to what you referenced were as far as premiums or deductibles go. Even when Social Security took a huge increase last year, Medicare didn't raise that much, it just went, a little. It, it went, went down, down, actually. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it so down. it was one of those where I, I, it, it's a unicorn sighting where your your Social Security <laughs> went up, your Medicare went, went down. down. That doesn't like, happen. <laughs> ex- ex- well, and because people used to always say to me before I was on Medicare, oh, you know, it goes up 2%, Social Security goes up 2% and Medicare goes up 2%, so yep. it's a wipe. Yep. You know, so, so mm-hmm. yeah, so last year was... Uh, was a unique situation. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. probably not going to get that again. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, that but that's whole... okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're, that's... we're doing okay. So, and and given what people are struggling with in terms of um, many have had to, um, have been taken off the Medicaid roles mm-hmm. and trying to find insurance and deal with the cost. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Medicare is, is such a delicious thing to have. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And even, even talking to that point a little bit, Carol, where you're right, where some people are losing their Medicaid status right now mm-hmm. over the summer, and they just what they just have to go back in and reapply, basically. Um, but some folks don't realize that that's what they have to do. They get the letter that says, well, now I'm off of Medicaid. And if you are on Medicaid, you can have a really great Medicare and Medicaid plan that very little out of pocket. Right. But when you lose that Medicaid status, now you have those co-pays. So we've actually this summer helped a lot of people – just navigate that change where, yeah, you may have lost your Medicaid status. Maybe you can reapply and maintain it, but maybe you can't. 
So even the opposite where people are scared of, all right, I'm losing this benefit. What do I have to land in on? Um, we're there to help say, yeah, it might not be all zeros like you're used to through the Medicaid system, which is great and, and well-deserved, but now here's how it's going to work going forward. So they're not as scared of that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an article in a national newspaper in the past week or so that some of the folks who are rolling off of Medicaid um, or um, not able to get it are children because they're not the families aren't getting the information they need to re-up the kids mm-hmm. on the Medicaid mm-hmm. system. So it, it's kind of it's. Mm-hmm. They, it was like a 15-month-old who lost their – the parents lost the Medicaid on this baby uh, and, mm. and um, couldn't, you know, couldn't get her back on. Mm. But mm. anyway, mm. so and, – and for listeners, too, we actually do have a podcast coming up about Medicaid. It's really more a focus on Medicaid for older adults. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, it's one of those issues where the more information and knowledge you have, the more powerful you are to protect yourself and your f- – financial situations. Absolutely. So. And and you referenced this too earlier, Carol, is that there are so many programs out there that people just don't know of right. where that's going to be a great podcast and help, very, very helpful. Right. So, um, so Josh, it, whether an individual has been on Medicare for years or they're just now turning 65, they need to understand their own medical history and medication needs in order to choose the best plan. Um, what's the most important in detailing health issues and, and physical abilities, what specific areas do they really need to pay close attention to? Well, it's not even so much their their physical disabilities or or health conditions because the good news is we're not worried about those. You can go either direction that you want when you're making that first Medicare choice. You can do the supplement and drug plan if you want. You can do the Medicare Advantage, and they can't ask you any medical questions. So it's more of a a risk tolerance of how much risk do you want to to take on when you have a health insurance event, let's say. So if you are someone who unfortunately maybe has a chronic condition, maybe you lean toward a more conservative approach of a supplement, a drug plan, or if you're someone who doesn't have anything going on, but you, you're you're somebody who thinks that the sky is falling, which that, that that's okay. We can't change that thought process, but maybe you don't want to be on a Medicare Advantage plan that might have a couple thousand dollars out of pocket if something were to come up. So it it really does just come down to how much risk you want to take on with it. Just like your your car insurance or your your home insurance, do you pay more up front to have a lower deductible? Deductible just meaning what you have to pay before the insurance kicks in. Are you more of the person that yeah, I'll take a chance at maybe having a lower premium? But then if something were to come up, we we have to pay a little bit more out of pocket. Those are the two fundamental choices in the Medicare world, too, where if you're the type of person likes to pay more up front for lower risk, that's in general a supplement and a drug plan. If you're somebody that likes to take on a little bit more risk to go for that savings a little bit, then that's Medicare Advantage. Right. But the good and, – and back to what I was saying earlier from my – I previous years working with health insurance on the individual market where I had to tell people, oh, you can't have that because of condition. The good news is the first time you make the selection, no one can tell you no. Right. So, so you can right. come into the system in, in real bad shape and they can't say, oh, well, I don't want to insure that because we didn't have to. Well, they do, which is great. So whether you go Medicare Advantage or a supplement, you still have those – those because people come into my office and say, well, I have this going on. So what's really actually available to me? And it's nice to be able to tell them still whatever you want. Right. I mean, we'll talk through it and we'll we'll 
go through why you may want this or that or pros and cons, but ultimately it doesn't matter what kind of conditions you have. You still have the, the choice to make. But but the, the one thing that led me to do traditional Medicare mm-hmm. A and B is because I have a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and I don't know if it's changed since mm-hmm. then, but at the time I was advised if you want to keep your nurse practitioner, do Medicare A and B because they accept those. Where advantage plans may force you to go to a doctor, even if that doctor, you know, if the nurse practitioner works for the doctor, the doctor will be your primary care of on record. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it was it's all of these bits and pieces of mm-hmm. information are important mm-hmm. to make sure you have it for if you are first time going into Medicare. Mm-hmm. So. I think TV is going to look different this fall. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we are so tired of seeing these commercials. We've talked about this every time you've been in yeah. in regards to the TV commercials we're out there. Getting worse and worse. Yeah. yeah. So the new rules on how Medicare Advantage plans can be advertised, particularly the use of famous people to sell the programs and ensuring the ads are not creating false narratives on their connection to the government. Mm-hmm. So I think we all read the same article at the same time through AARP. I yeah. think we did because I, if nothing else, I gave Carol a heads like we could talk to Josh yeah. about that this yeah. year. So, so can Finally you give some changes? Yeah, can mm-hmm. you give us some details on what to expect and what those commercials are going to? Well, not you're not in the production piece yeah, yeah. of it, but what we're not going to see now. Well, and and what I found too is that the people in production are very smart about figuring nuancing out nuancing it, nuancing yeah. it. Yes, yes, right. but the 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 what they're trying to do, which I love, is that they're finally saying, look, you can't put Medicare cards on there. You can't make it seem like, oh, they're call- calling the government anymore. You have to be able to tell them they can't advertise in Ohio something that's not available to Ohioans. Mm-hmm. They have to say what plans they're actually going to talk about. So it's not just this open-ended call center where that's what it is right now. You call that 1-800 number. They can't just say only the highlights of everything like they are right now where they say $0, free this, free that. You can get money back in your social security check where that just wasn't, it was, I I would always tell folks that they're not out and out lying, but they're just picking and choosing what what they're presenting. And now there should be some more clarity of what that that is. And so I'm sure we're still gonna see advertisings, Yes, but maybe it will be more focused on, you might see one from a Humana. You might see one from an Anthem that, that clearly state, we are Humana. We are Anthem. We are United Healthcare. These are our plans. This is where you can go. It is available in your area. So you still have to interpret what that, that commercial is telling you. But hopefully, hopefully, it will remove some of the just open-ended, in-your-face you should call us and you'll get your Part B premium paid for. You should call us and you'll get rides to the doctor. You should call us. You're going to have all this dental that you always wanted. Knowing that these are hot topics for folks, yeah. knowing that if they say it enough and flash it enough on screen, people are going to call. But people were calling, which so the advertising was working. They were calling. They were talking to people over the phone that didn't really care about other than closing mm-hmm. that sale. And so they would get you to flip. You might not even realize that you flipped to a different until you go in in January and you try to use your card that you didn't think you changed. Now you have a different insurance company. And so it is, I'm I'm very curious to see 
how the average, I don't think the number of commercials aimed toward Medicare is going to change. Oh, no, no, but, yeah. no, no. But they got, <laughs> out, of, they, they got out of control. And yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that there is some focus on trying to reel that in. Yeah, I, and maybe have your pause button ready because I have a feeling with my background in, in broadcast and such that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can get away with a lot because of the little notations they make, the little exclusions mm-hmm. and the font size that you you really had to pause and then look, go up to your TV screen and read. Yeah. So if you see a lot of that going on mm-hmm. or a lot of fast talk at the very end of the disclaimer, mm-hmm. you know that, oh, okay, yeah. something they just said has exclusions. I, <laughs> Something's not as they state, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it is at that point in time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I think I say this to you every year. Whoever they're paying as their spokesperson mm-hmm. who isn't already rich enough that they have to do these commercials, they should be able to say, this is my insurance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. I mean, if sure. if so-and-so uh, TV star is touting Anthem, mm-hmm. he should be able to say, yeah, I use Anthem. Yeah. I pay Anthem. You know? Well, yeah. I just. And- and it's one of those things for a a broker like us where we can we can talk about those plans that are being advertised and those plans can work very well. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it was it was even hurting us as an individual where somebody would come in with this misnomer and then you'd have to rewrite that script a little bit. Right. And and but there are regulations for even us. We have to put disclaimers down at the bottom of our emails and when you call into our office we have to say we don't represent every single plan that's available, but and at first we thought, oh shoot, now they're regulating. Uh, it's going to make us hard to harder for us to do business. But really, when you look at the nature of these rules, I think it is to really go after these call centers that, and not to disparage anybody in that call center. Everybody's earning a living, but I think what it's going to change where hopefully people aren't going to be tricked into changing mm-hmm. when like you said when january comes along they didn't yep. realize what they just did yep yeah they after the transaction's done they know what they did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all we can ask that's all we can and it's yeah. it's just and i know carol brett you're the same way where you, you hear that what some of these these practices are and you just think well how are people okay with doing this I know, like how I how i mean i know you're getting a, a sale but you just told somebody this and it's just, it's not that like yeah. I, I, but so yeah. Yeah. More yeah. money in your social security. Yeah. Even if it's only five cents, they can it's, say it's more money. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very misleading. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm very curious to see what they look like this fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of misleading part D pharmacy is not much better. Yeah. Um, so it, that part D program covering your pharmaceutical needs, they're incredibly complicated. This mm-hmm. is going to take a little bit of explanation here about, mm-hmm. Donut holes and catastrophic levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we have heard also recently there's a new Alzheimer's drug that's been approved, mm-hmm. and it may um, come to play. It may make things more expensive. It it could make things even more complicated. There's some changes. Um, tell us. Yeah. Give us some yeah. guidelines here. And and that Alzheimer medication was something. Not to get too far in the weeds, but it was it it. They thought it was going to cost more than it actually is going to cost. Oh, that's so. Good. Medicare adjusted to that, and and that was part of the reason Medicare came down. That Part B premium came down this past year. They said, "Well, we over we oh. overshot what we thought we were going to have to cover as a Medicare system on mm-hmm. this medication." So that that was actually a positive change with the government, and and 
nice of them to do this and recognize that, okay, maybe we did overcharge a little bit. So let's back mm-hmm. off a little bit in 2023. So who knows, maybe they come off of it again next year because that, that drug that you're referring to is less expensive than what they originally thought, which is great. But that aside, there are many other drugs that are still very, very expensive and more medications that are going from the injections or infusions into tablets and capsules, which make it an easier situation for folks to administer. They don't have to go into a center to be to mm-hmm. to have an infusion. They can just go to the pharmacy and pick it up and and take it like any other medication they have. But those carry a very high price. And so right now, when we're running into as that's trending more and more, these oral chemo medications being very very cost million dollars a year shelf rates type of thing where when we run that through the Medicare system now, that Part D, that individual, albeit a lot of it's being taken care of by the Part D, Medi- Part D insurance, but that individual is still going to come out twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 for that. Mm-hmm. So with the Inflation Reduction Act, they are trying to and ultimately will in 2025 say, look, regardless of what medication you're taking, the combination of medications you're taking, we're going to put a maximum out of pocket on these plans of $2,000. We don't know what that's going to do the premiums of the plans, but but the spirit of it is very welcomed because that's always one of those situations where, again, back to my old days where somebody brings in their list of medications, they don't want to take all these medications. They have no control over how much this costs, and I have to tell them, oh, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars next year for your meds. So any positive change in the prescription world is Mm-hmm. Is is very much is it, welcomed. Is that two thousand a year max? Two thousand per year max, not per med total out of pocket. And I would say running as many lists as I do, talking to many as many people as I do, two thousand is a pretty high amount that people. But there are mm-hmm. folks, obviously, on. I would say the average out of pocket for medications, just if I had to put a number on, is less than a thousand a year, where. It, it because a lot oh, of these right. are going generic. You're getting right. you're getting lower copays on those, but you do hear a lot about and, and another positive change has happened is the insulin programs that now insurances can't charge more than thirty five dollars. Right, where that's been a very positive change. But even just to go back briefly and and talk about the structure of Part D one more time here is that the government tells these private insurance companies the baseline that they have to adhere by, and so there is that first stage where right now. We'll talk about what it is in 23, actually, just because we know what it is. You have a deductible or could of $505, where, again, an insurance company could say, you owe us that first before we kick in. Most of them don't because they're trying to be competitive, but you have that first stage. Then the second stage is when you pay a copay for your medication like you're used to. You go to CVS. You show them your script. They say that's $5, $10, $40, set, set price for you. But then as your medications are adding up, to another cost, the full cost of those medications, once it gets a little over $4,600, that's when we go into the coverage gap or the donut hole. So you could be going along paying these copays, and all of a sudden the next month, now you pay 25% of that medication. So it's a roller coaster. I think I probably refer to it every year of it's a roller coaster you don't want to be on if you're on this list of medications where one month you hit a deductible, so you pay an amount. Next month you have a copay amount. Now you pay 25% when you're in the coverage gap. And and finishing out this year, you still, if you get into the catastrophic, where if it's a high cost med, you're paying 5% of it. Next year, fortunately, at least when we get to that point, that 5% goes away 
and we don't have to pay any more during that stage. But so you hmm. you said this is interesting. I hadn't thought of it this way. There are so many medications that people used to get either in a doctor's office or some sort of a clinic, mm-hmm. um, intravenous mm-hmm. or however. Yep. Um, and because the pharmaceutical companies have streamlined those to a tablet or gel cap or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that's easier for the person to take. They don't have to keep going into their doctor, but the price is shot up. Yep, yep. And that's interesting because a, a good friend of mine has mm-hmm. had been on Ibrantz mm-hmm. and to the tune of not 2000 for the year, but like thousands a month. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is one where the advancement in medication if you removed all the prices of everything, it is great that they're coming out with these tablets. It's just, it's less harmful to you right. overall, they're saying. It, right. It's more effective. So, and it's it's less inconvenient to do things even. Right. But, but just like everything else, they, there's price tags along with that. So I'm glad that, that the government is putting some limits on how much the consumer has to pay right. for these. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's There are, uh, because I know several people who are, in that situation in which the medications are astronomical, mm-hmm. there are organizations that provide grants or scholarships that give you the dollars um, to get your medication. Oftentimes, you don't end up paying anything. We can't really give that information out. You need to work with your doctor, your pharmacist, because it's different in every place, and mm-hmm. it's different by every each medication. But if you are in a situation in which... They're, you know, they're saying, oh, yep, oops, you, you have to pay $2,000 this month for this medication. Mm-hmm. Step back a second, take a deep breath and start talking to the the pharmacists usually know about those programs. And it's usually through foundations. Mm-hmm. And and to that point, I was in a Walgreens the other day picking something up for for allergies. So it was it was a minor thing. But somebody driving through the drive-thru came up to pick up their medication and the pharmacist said, do you know how much this is going to cost? And and they go, I don't know, I don't know. And the number that they gave out, I think it was like $800 or something. And she goes, well, I can't do that. And so the pharmacist, being as great as they were, said, well, let me check, just just like you were saying, Carol. So I was I was going to bring up that point too, where talk to your pharmacist because right. they are real they people. Mm-hmm. They, they know. And there used to, believe it or not, be this rule over pharmacists that they weren't allowed to tell you if they right. knew about those. Right. And now they are. Get yes. out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of pharmacist yeah. clients that said it was it was very hard for me to still perform my job knowing I'm staring at the screen. If I hit this one button, you're going to pay $5. If I run it through insurance, you're going to pay 500 But I'm not allowed to tell you about that button. But now they are. So again, yeah. more transparency, hopefully. E- and even like that uh, good RX programs. Yeah. I went to pick up a, a prescription and I think it was only going to be like fifteen or twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. And the and the young man who was he's just a clerk there, yeah. you know, he goes, Oh, wait, hold on a second. And he pushed a button yeah. and good RX popped in and so I paid eight dollars. I know. And and it's like, oh my gosh, this is information. I got one more question about pharmaceuticals that I you know, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask you this ahead of time. So mm-hmm. sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catch you off guard. Is it my imagination, or are there fewer PharmD programs, I think, insurance policies? I think that might be your imagination. Okay. I think, yeah. Okay, it, because, and, and it could just be a function of who, you know, who the broker I, I have to go through because of mm-hmm, my pension. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when I picked for 2023, I didn't like who I had 2022, 
but there was nobody else to go to for 2023 that wasn't going to be, you know, like two or three times more monthly cost. Yeah. And, and to defend the individual that you talked to, because that is a very, people can't believe because the way we are in this society, you just assume that, well, there has to be something better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there just isn't. So I do right. feel for the, the individual right. you're talking to, too. I'm sure if there was something that was going to be better, they were going to tell you about it, Carol. And, well, I, and, I, I do think that they, in terms of what they could give me, they did. Mm-hmm. I, I just think they're probably limited on which programs work with this pension system. But the, the group that I have... You sign up for it thinking it's one company, mm-hmm. but in actuality, they have it's really a different company. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm working with, you know, mm-hmm. blank, blank, blank mm-hmm. scripts, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it ends up being something completely different. It's what I don't like about it is you really, you know, you should be able to go into the website and figure out what's going on and everything. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. I just like, okay. You know, yeah. I'm not paying a lot, so I'm not going to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. I keep hoping when it all kicks in, I could get somebody else for next year. <laughs> well, and that's the, when we come back and during the open enrollment time, which we're, we're coming up on here, we spend the most amount of time talking about the prescription piece because that is a fixed cost, really. Yeah. Folks need to take their medications and they're right. trying to yeah. find how to make it less expensive, which we absolutely mm-hmm. agree with and try to... and. And it, it unfortunately, there is a lot of times where we're telling somebody, look, I, this isn't the answer I want to tell you, but what you have really is it, it's it. is is what you may need to maintain mm-hmm. because these other plans, we're looking at them and we wish we could find something lower for you. But just the way it's the way the program is right now, it's it's sometimes it's a struggle. So I am very excited about the Inflation Reduction Act trying to help specifically in that arena. Good. Speaking of open enrollment, too, before we forget, what are the dates for open enrollment? Yeah, so anybody on a Medicare plan now, just look out, or you, depending on when this is airing, you may have received your annual notice of change, which comes in September, telling you what the differences are for next year. Before the open enrollment, we know all the plans for 2024 after October 1st. Then you can actually make plan changes anytime between October 15th and December 7th. And any changes you make during that time will take effect January 1st. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Good. Well, we are taping this before the open enrollment window begins, so there are going to be changes. Um, but some have not been decided. Can you give us some tips on issues still under undetermined and how listeners can find the most update information before they choose their policies for next year? How about going with that? We kind of touched on it just mm-hmm. with that answer you had, but let's take it the next step. Mm-hmm. What to be on the lookout yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. It, the and and what we mentioned earlier too, where fortunately there hasn't been a lot of volatility in the Medicare program. Believe it or not, as much as you hear about it, and it's it's all over our government and 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 politics, and you hear that all these changes. Fundamentally, I've been having the same basic conversations in 2008, where it's just tweaking different things, like what are they going to charge for Part B? Mm-hmm. It's one of those that. We have no control over, nobody has control over. The government will release that sometime in late September to the beginning of October, telling us what next year's Part B premium will be, what the deductibles are and things. But then after October 1st, we know all the different insurance company options for next year. So that really is the time that it's a great time to engage 
and just check to see what's new. If you're talking to somebody prior to October 1st, I can't tell you what's going on next year, but after October 1st, everything's out there so we can start sorting through the different options for folks. And it doesn't seem like there's volatility in the companies that are in advantage. I remember when it first started, Mm -hmm. they were in, they were out, Mm -hmm. back and forth, but it seems like it's kind of settled in now. It, It has really settled in. There is a new company coming into the market that that we just met with their CEO the other day. And he does, if you can judge it by the one dinner, this guy seems like he really is trying to to change the way things are delivered. So I'm excited to to be able to talk about that once it does officially come out. But that's, that's positive that mm-hmm. there are companies specifically getting started for this specifically. Yeah. That, and that's and look and that's looking cool. at yeah. And looking at how it's working and and who knows if he'll be able to topple everybody else but mm-hmm. um it's another player, at least. It's another player, at least. Right. But yeah, but to yeah. your point, Carol, the, the other blue bloods, if you will, they're they're pretty much settled in now. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, so, Josh, you had sort of touched on this a little earlier. Your company, Seniority Benefit Group, does assist employers in managing employee mm-hmm. benefit packages, um, and that can be critical, especially for small businesses. Yeah. If you all of a sudden you can get somebody off your roll because they go on Medicare, yay! Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about the services um, and when employees are moving into Medicare, what you're, how you're helping them, mm-hmm. and and assisting those employers. Mm-hmm. So we're we've always prided ourselves in helping those employers because that's what we came out of. My boss started the company to help with employee benefits. So he he has that background. So we've always been in touch in that community. And when somebody is, especially a small group, it's so hard to deliver health insurance mm-hmm. at a reasonable price for anybody involved, the employer, the employee. And if you're a small group, in the eyes of the eyes of the government and Medicare, if you have less than 20 employees, as soon as you become eligible for Medicare, Medicare is primary. So let's say you work for a small mom and pop shop and you're turning 65 in December. As soon as December 1st rolls around, you have to have Medicare A and B, even if you stay on that mom and pop insurance. So what we have done is really tried to outreach to these employer groups to say, look, we understand a lot of your employees do have these questions. Let us help. And and we've really got involved with a lot of large employers here because they see such a value in if Medicare is better for the individual and they leave the plan, the employer has less risk on the plan. The employee is happy that the employer told them that this was an option. Some people are 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 scared that if they leave the employer plan, that they if they're working there, they have to be on the employer plan. That's just not the case. And a lot of times you it looks better if you say, hey, look, you know, I'm not even here and I'm not tied to your benefits. I still want to work here, but I have my own thing going on through Medicare. And we do have a new tool that that's called Shop Your Plan, where we're going to employers and it will be Shop Your Plan backslash that employer group. So it really is just a link that they can put into their any announcements to their employees that, hey, if you want these guys to take a look at your situation while you approach 65, the whole tool is they'll go in, give us the basic information we would need to make a recommendation. We know what the employer plan looks like, the cost for the employees, so we can compare and contrast and say, look, based on your situation, stay on that employer plan. makes more sense for you. We're based on what information you've given us. Let's talk about Medicare and see if that's something you want to pursue. So it is a just a tool that we have that can help. Uh, uh, kind of an aside question to that. Doesn't somebody who turned 65 
have to register with Medicare, even if they don't actually take their Medicare. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Carol, because that is one of the biggest misconceptions out there Okay, where they do feel they have to do something. Mm-hmm. As long as you have employer coverage, so through an employer, whether it's your employment or a spouse, and as if they have more than 20 employees, that's the other the piece of it, then you can delay all parts of Medicare. If you're not drawing Social Security, you can delay all parts of Medicare without penalty as long as you keep that insurance. Mm-hmm. So the only time really that you would want to delay all parts or at least consider it is if you have a health savings account where it's a it's an HSA and not too much detail there, but it's where you can put money aside tax-free. If you do have any part of Medicare, you can't put money aside tax-free. And there's a lot of employers offering these plans because right. it's less expensive, higher deductibles, mm-hmm. just yeah. the the reality of of group benefits now. So we will get calls to say, well, I have this health savings account. I know I have to do something with Medicare, but when I do something with Medicare, I can't put into that HSA anymore. And that's where we can shine some light on the fact, as long as you keep that coverage, then you can delay Medicare A and B. There's not this, you go in and tell them I'm registering, but I'm not going to actually take it now. So, so you don't even have to contact Medicare. You don't have to contact okay. them. They, only, they care when you go in to contact them to sign up later on. Right. They're going to say, okay, well, now you're 67 and, and you haven't been in here since 65. Where have you been? You produce a, a form from your HR department mm-hmm. saying, well, I've been here. Government says, oh, you recovered. That's all we needed. Come on in. Okay. Now, that's that. in most cases, <clears throat> though, to go back, most cases, you do want to at least get Part A of Medicare because it is a $0 cost to most folks. The only nuance is if you have that health savings account. So the overall, the over, the underlying theme of this podcast is just make sure you know your options. Right. So when you're and, getting close, reach out. And and if you're on Social Security, they are going to expect you to be pay, paying for Medicare. So you, they could ask some questions. Yeah. And if okay. you're on Social Security, you're automatically enrolled in Part A. So that is another, right. you have to know that as you're approaching 65. Are you drawing right. a Social Security benefit check? If you are, they're going to enroll you. Okay. And, you know, and, and then employer, I guess, because I don't know the legalities of this, an employer can't force their employer employee to go on Medicare, though, or can they? Correct. They can't. They force, can't. Yeah, okay. Not because of it, that'd be age discrimination. That's what I yeah. figured it would kind of be in that realm. Yeah. But I could see. They, it, it, but you're saving money by doing this, well, you know. That, but but you know that's that's a discussion behind closed doors, probably. But, yeah. But yeah, outward looking, they can't force you to. So it's still ultimately your decision. Correct. Okay. And, Correct. And, and the okay. flip side of that question is, they can't force you to maintain on their policy, because my question is then, it could be if you got a really small group of people on an insurance policy and you lose people to Medicare. It could affect everybody their, else on their that group policy. status so you, yeah. because they yeah. don't have enough to be in it. That's a yeah. good point. So it it's so yeah. employers um, seniority benefit group can walk you through yes. these issues. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The borderline number of how many employee, employees you have that could be tricky. Mm-hmm. Wow, right. and not about that. Right, That's true. Yeah. Because as yeah. you said, it, you know, you have five or ten people, mm-hmm. and half of them are on a spouse's um, mm-hmm. policy. Mm-hmm. Five or so may not be enough to, to get a, Maintain a that. plan that makes sense that you can afford that the employer can afford and the individual employees can afford. Right. Yeah, they could of, go they could go to the open market and get it, especially you know younger kids. Yep, mm, so. wow. a lot of variables to that decision. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a great overview on Medicare. As always, every year we look forward to this episode just because it's we know we're going to get the, the facts 
and that we know listeners can just kind of go, okay, it's going to be okay. And we just <laughs> yeah. and we just want Josh to come in. And sure, see exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. Exactly. I love coming in. Yeah. You got any last words of wisdom? Just and and I think I say this every year, and I I it's because it's true. Make sure you're reaching out to somebody, and maybe not that one eight hundred number on the screen. Try to find somebody local. There's a lot of people out there like us that are just in in a lot of people don't charge for their services like us where we are independent so we can talk to these other insurance we don't have to try to fit a square peg into a round hole just make sure you know your options don't feel scared don't feel overwhelmed with the decision it's not that hard of one once you know what you're dealing with so just make sure as you're approaching 65 either talk to your HR department and they'll maybe get you to somebody or, or call us up or go to our website. We're, we're happy to help. And, and listeners, we're going to have resources on our show notes um, on our website for this. One of the things that, Josh, we may not have really been specific about, Seniority Benefit Group is an organization that doesn't get paid mm-hmm. by a, an insurer, a, 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 like a pharmaceutical company or an insurance um, agency based on who you get into their plans. There is a set governmental amount that is paid regardless of who you refer your clients to. And so listeners, you want to make sure that when you're looking at companies like Seniority Benefit Group, you're getting that same um, service. You don't want to go to somebody who's getting paid and they're all going to put you into ABC insurance company because that's who where they're going to get more money from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And we know that some folks do charge for Medicare reviews and everything. And we've just never believed in that policy where if we can help you enroll in something great, the insurance companies will, will take care of us. But the government does tell them how much they can pay people like us at Seniority Benefit Group. Right. So whether you do that first path of a supplement and drug plan or you go with a Medicare Advantage plan, to us, the financial difference of what we get, it, it's so minimal that as long as we're helping, that's all we really care about. Right, mm-hmm. right. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Josh. This is amazing. And and our Medicare expert who no. comes to visit every year from Josh Kinzel from Seniority Benefit Group, we really appreciate all of the expertise, time, knowledge that that you've provided. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to check our show notes for those resources that we just discussed on our website um, and for Josh's contact information also. You can find all of that at lookingforwardourway.com. And we're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our podcast episodes. 